0: Good evening, everyone, and God bless you, and um, I I hope it's not a disappointment. Yes, I am a doctor, but not a medical doctor, okay? I'm a doctor in education. Uh, I just got my uh, degree just, uh, what was it, in May of 2020. So, you know, it was the grace of God that I did receive it. That was always my dream. As soon as I got my master's degree, I always said, "I I would like to continue, but guess what? I got married. So nothing happened after that. So after about uh, 30 years later, I did get my, I I said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and continue my education. Uh, My three boys were going to college at the same time. And they kind of said, dad, you you can do it. Let's all go. So all of us were going to college. And so, but I graduated first. I know, I'm just kidding. No, we graduated at different times. And uh, by God's mercy and his grace, I did finish. Sometimes I'm not used to that, and I think that always when they say doctor, you all think he's a, if I pass out, he'll be the first one. I'm not going to be the first one. I'm going to say, is there a real doctor in the house, okay? So just to let you know um, that, that I'm not, I'm in education. Uh, you know, first of all, I want to thank uh, Pastor uh, Soto and Pastor uh, Bacchus for allowing us to do this. And I think, Omar, uh, last uh, we kind of started with that, that we would like more people to join in. To, uh, of course, we want them all to come to church, everybody to come to church, all of us that are watching us at home, to come in, and plus not only that, not only just come in, but also get up. You know, we, we use one of those songs, get up, get up, get up, you know, do something, do something for the Lord. So uh, we've been working on, and we've titled it "Discover and Develop Your God-Given Gifts." And so Omar, he started last week, and he he told he he told us about you know that we're supposed to love God. He set the foundation for the rest of our study that we're going to be giving, and he explained that we are to love God with all our heart, right? With what? A heart. What else? Our mind, good. What else? With our soul and and my strength. And so you might ask, why do I have to love God with all of those you know, different entities? Well, if you were asking, and if you did, I, let me tell you. It's because He loved us first. We all know that, that verse. That He loved us first, therefore we what? Love Him now. And... How did he love us? Well, he loved us with all his heart, his mind, his soul, and his strength. That's why he wants us to love him in return in the same manner. So that's what Omar preached about or taught us last week. I know he went really deep. It was really focused, telling you about emotions and passion and everything else about it. But that's set the foundation for what we're going to be talking about. So... Before that, let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for tonight. We thank you, Lord, because you have brought us to your house. Lord, you have put it in our hearts and minds to be here tonight. And although there were obstacles in uh, God, because we know that sometimes Satan wants to put things in our way and doesn't allow us to come to your house. Lord, but we're hungry and thirsty for your word, for your righteousness, Lord. And your word says that if we're hungry for your word, you will satisfy us, you will fill us, and you will make us whole. Lord, tonight... We ask that you do that, Lord, that when we go out of these doors, Lord, that we feel satisfied, filled and, Lord, complete from your word because you have satisfied our hunger and thirst. Lord, continue to bless each one of us that your Holy Spirit, Lord, may come to our hearts and minds and and come over us, Lord, completely, Lord, fill us up with your word. In Jesus' name, we ask and we pray. We thank you, Lord. Amen. So we're talking about gifts. So what I want you to do, the one that's sitting next to you, I want you to tell them that they have a gift. So turn to the person, you have a gift. Okay, I can't hear you. Say it again, tell him or her, you have a gift. There you go. Now, I want you to point to yourself and you say, I have a gift. And we all have a gift. And it's necessary that we understand that we all have a gift. So everyone has a gift, and nobody has been left out. Nobody. From the smallest one that answered over there, to the teenager here, to the 50-some-year-old here. We all have a gift. Our gift was built into us when God formed us. Our giftedness was not an afterthought. He didn't create us and said, oh, let me add something to Orlando, because that's my name. It was already a part of God's plan from the very beginning to shape us for our role in the building of his kingdom. So you might ask, why are you up here? Did you know that I was voted the most shy in school? I was the most shy. I would never, never, ever be in front of you. Never. But guess what? God gave me the gift to talk in front of you, and now I am here. He always prepares us for... What? His kingdom. All of us. One of the most beautiful creation passages in the Old Testament is found in Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16. And we're, we're going to be reading from the New Living Translation. It's up there? Yes. It says, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Verse 14, Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Nobody can, what? Do what God has done. They're trying to make rob- robots, and they all fall. <laughs> Nothing is so, what? Marvelous like us. We're in, they're not so complex. It says, your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. Where? In my mother's womb. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb. Verse 16. I saw, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. In whose book? God's book. I love it that you're talking back to me. I love it. I love it. I mean, you're answering. When God, when you were born or created, God wrote out on his book everything that Orlando was going to do. Bam, bam, bam. Everything, everything, everything. He already had a plan. He already knew who I was going to marry. He already knew which children I was going to have. He knew I was going to get my doctoral. He knew everything. Now it's up to us if we want to follow that plan or if you want to follow your own plan. And guess what? His plan gives us what? Life. It gives us blessings. It will make us overcomers. And you already know the scripture verses and I don't have to tell you. But if you choose your plan, what, what, is, what are the wages of sin? Death. Death so your plan is not a good plan my plan was not a good plan and i can tell you a lot of stories about that but i know i'm i'm running out of time already <laughs> however these verses give us a, a magnificent expression of the design and a development of the child in the womb god uses what scientists now call and we know because all of us have had that dna it's in the process when a child is conceived, half of his DNA inheritance comes from whom? The father and the other half? The mother. And it, it, uh, all of that is microscopic in the fertilized egg. And the joint DNA forms a helix, uh, or helix-shaped gen- genetic ladder that is literally six feet long. And everything is in that little egg cell. Yet it is awesomely compacted, within that tiny egg, all of that information. Every detail of our, of, about our physical being is programmed by DNA. Its intricacies far outweigh the most sophisticated computer system on the market today. Nobody can match it. The color of your hair was pre-programmed. The color of your eyes was pre-programmed. The shape of your nose, right? Their height, your body frame... All your physical characteristics were determined at the moment of conception. So if God has so precisely planned for the development of your physical body, how much more has he planned for your giftedness? So the scripture teaches us that there are three categories of gifts. And if you can notice here, I have them. We have uh, the pear that represents one, and I'm going to explain which one it is. An orange is the other one. And the other one is the apple. So all of us have gifts. If you're a Christian, if you're a believer in Christ, you just don't have one type of gift. You have probably two and three gifts. Like I said at the very beginning, all of us have what? Gifts. And so there, nobody has been, oh, well, you know what, you didn't fit my criteria. No, you don't have any gifts. All of us have gifts. You know, if I have a basket, like I I showed you here, and there's an apple and an orange and a pear, what do you call this basket? It'll be a basket of what? A fruit, right? It's not a basket of apples and oranges. No, it's a fruit because there's different entities. This is the way it is with the three categories that we're going to be looking at this evening. All three groups are composed of gifts, but like the fruit in the basket, each group is unique and distinct or different from all the others. One of these groups of God-given gifts, let's say the apple, is, and if you notice, I marked it, and it says motivational gifts. I don't—I I know you can't see it, but it does say motivational gifts. Now, uh, this, um, or these, these, um, The motivational gifts um, oh my gosh let's look at 1 Peter 4.10 lost my place here but 1 Peter 4.10 says God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts so we said at the very beginning all of us have gifts right and you even told the person sitting next to you you have a gift you even said you have a gift what are we supposed to do use use them well to what? Is it up there? No, it's not. Sorry. They haven't put it up. But it says, Use them well to serve one another. What? Yes, you have a gift, but it's not for yourself. Who is it for? For the others. The one that you told that you that he has a gift, it's for him. The gift that you have is for him. The gift that she has is for you. It's not for you to keep or to hold and to treasure. It's to give it to somebody else. So every believer has been given a gift. Here also is a command to utilize it for the benefit of others. We can be confident that God would not command us to use something we do not possess. But how do we get it? You might be asking, right? You know, the Greek word for gift in this verse is charisma. It is defined as a divine gratuity. In other words, that God gave it to you, gave it to you freely. It's a spiritual, you might say, endowment. It's a gift. Uh, and simply just said, a free gift. So this is not something we can earn. You'll never earn it. Because when did God place it in you? When you were born. In fact, the command is not to try to deserve it. And you can't. It sounds almost like, what? Salvation. You cannot deserve it. You cannot do something and oh, I'm going to earn this. God has given it to you. Now, the, 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 what he commands us is, use it. So you can't come to church and sit for 50 years in the same what pew and the same place for 50 years. You have to what? Use it. You can't be sitting there for too, too long, right? Okay, I didn't hear amen, but I I heard it from the Spirit. (laughs) This kind of gift is a possession. You hold it, something already given to you, or to each one of us by God by at our creation or during our creation. So let's look briefly at each category of these special gifts that we have in the basket. And let's call the first one, which I said the manifestation uh, gifts. Well, the first one that we're going to be looking at is the manifestation gifts. It's the orange. And the first category or group of gifts is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 10. And let me see if it's up here. I'll add, no, it's not yet. There, it's up there. It says a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help what? Help each other. And look what type of gift. It says a, what a spiritual gift. So the manifestation gifts, these right here, the orange, these are given by the Holy Spirit. These are the ones that each of us gets, and they're manifested in what? In us. You can see it, in other words. He has the spirit of so-and-so, or, and we'll be looking at them. But notice that it says again, it says to help each other. Verse 8, to one person, the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same spirit gives great faith to another and to someone else, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. Verse 10, he gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit, which is not a good one. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. So there are nine gifts listed here. Let me see. They're going to list them up there. We already read them, but I wanted them to list them the word of wisdom. So what is the word of wisdom? Well, the word of wisdom is a revelation of wisdom beyond natural human wisdom. It's like you had, I would have never thought about that. Some of us have the word of wisdom. And you, you probably think just because I teach, I have a lot of wisdom. Well, so-and-so, but not too, too much. But there might be some others in here that has that power, or I'm going to say this, the word of wisdom from God. And sometimes they doubt themselves and they don't want to say anything because what if I say the wrong thing? But if it, God is telling you are telling you to speak it, you need to. This enables a person to know what to do or to say. Sometimes it just naturally happens. They just do it or they just say it. And, oh, my gosh, I would have never said or thought about something like that. Number two, the word of knowledge. It's a revelation of information for a person, a group or a situation that could not have been known by any natural means. You know, when our firstborn, just quickly, so that way you can understand how all of this works, the, the word of knowledge, I was in church and I was praying, uh, my wife and I, and, and there was a prophet, a prophet that came to the church at that time where we were going. And my, my uh, prayer to God was, God, you know, I'm going to have a child. Ooh, the first one, not me, but my wife, right? But we're going to have a child. So the, the first thing I said, God, I have no idea how to raise a child. So I asked God, God, please give me the knowledge. Please help me. Please help me to be a father the way you are. Because my father here, I already know him. and But your word says that you are different, that you are totally different. And I asked God, and it was only me and God. That was it. Well, that prophet called us, and they said, Well, Orlando, no ooh, you know. Well, I come forward. My wife does too. And she, and she it was literally a prophetess. She said, I know what you've been praying for. And I said, mm. and then she says, God is going to guide you and help you to raise your children. And I, said, oh. like, no, I, mean, I just poured out and I was just, you know, I was just devastated. And I said, devastated and crying. That's what I mean. I said, how could anybody know? That is what we need in church. And that's why I say you have what? That gift. And sometimes we have to speak up. So that's a word of knowledge. It's a revelation that nobody knew. Only you and God, and God reveals it to you. Faith, the kind of wonder-working faith that moves mountains and waits uh, expectantly for results. Gifts of healing, the many different ways and varieties of degrees in which God manifests healing. Works of working of miracles, a demonstration of the power and action of God that goes beyond natural laws the other one is prophecy an anointed proclamation of God through an individual individual to encourage to exhort or to comfort sometimes people think they're going to prophesy and they're going to say that you're doing this and you're doing this wrong prophecy in the Bible is actually totally the different it's to what to comfort to exhort and to encourage and when it says exhort that means you to you, you 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 give them some uh some encouragement uh, number seven, discerning of spirits. A, a person's ability to perceive what type of spirit is in the operation in a given situation. They can sense that, no, that's not, that person walked in as a, as a visitor to the church and I sensed something, I could feel it. No, that was not right. That was not a good spirit right there. They can sense it immediately, even before anybody else can. Various kinds of tongues, the language is given to the believer, believer by the Holy Spirit, but they are not learned. And they're not understood sometimes by the speaker. Number nine, interpretation of tongues, the supernatural ability to express the content of what has been spoken in tongues. So now these nine gifts, given by whom? The Holy Spirit. They're called what? The manifestation gifts. That means they have to be manifested in church. Okay? Now I'm briefly just giving you one set of gifts because we're going to go... Through, I'm going to see if I can do it within, oh, 30 minutes. The rest of them. And, uh, now, these supernatural manifestations of the Holy Spirit are at work through a believer only. However, the Bible shows that it is a person being ministered to who receives the gift. Again, it's the one that you tell the person. It's for the use or the betterment of the other person. It's not for yourself. It's not for you to keep. It's for you to express, to tell somebody else. Another item that the Bible teaches is that no one can dictate when the gift is to be used. You cannot tell the Holy Spirit, you're going to heal Orlando in the name of Jesus right now. And it's like, whoa, what happened there? You cannot command the Holy Spirit. I know that we see that on TV. You might not believe me. But the Bible teaches us you never command the Holy Spirit. You don't. But what have we been led to believe? That the Holy Spirit, I tell the Holy Spirit what to do, what to do, and what to do. and That is not correct. Not biblically. Thank you, brother. The Holy Spirit is the one in charge of the gift. Working through us and not you. Okay? Another set of gifts is the ministry gifts. And I, this pair, I titled it ministry gifts. Now these ministry gifts... Is a second listing of gifts, and they're found in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8. That says, That is why the scriptures say, When he ascended to the heights, Who it went after he died for us, right? At the cross, he resurrected, and he what? Ascended. It's talking about whom? Jesus. When he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. So, if we can really look at this, the orange we said it was the manifestation gifts. Who gives these gifts? The Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit gives gifts. And then the ministry gives. He ascended. And when he went to heaven, he gave us what? Gifts. Who is this? Jesus. The first one that I mentioned is who? So who do you think gives us the motivational gifts? God. So God gave us gifts. Jesus gave us gifts. And the Holy Spirit gives us gifts. So all three entities give us gifts. Okay? I just want to repeat it again. Now, let's look at the these gifts that we're talking about that Jesus gave us. Uh, let's read verse 11. I'm trying to go a little bit faster. It says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. So... The apostle is one who establishes churches. He's the one that goes from one place to another, starts establishing a church with a group of people, and they, he finds a pastor, he leaves them alone, goes someplace else, and he creates another church. Okay, The prophet is one who speaks... The message of God. He's going to give us what? In words of encouragement. He's going to teach us. He's going to tell us things. Uh, the evangelist, he's out there all the time, all the time. You know, a famous one is Billy Graham. Always evangelizing, really not staying at, in a church. The pastor, pastor is what? He is. should be what? Caring for whom? The sheep, the ma. right? All of us are maahs, right? All of us. He's the one that is always keeping us in mind. He, has, he can't sleep. I'm glad he can't sleep. I'm, because I'm, he and I need prayer all the time, right? So the pastor is the one he's going to feed us. He's going to what? Shepherd us. He's going to tell us, oh, stay here. You can eat right here. Uh, and he's, what? he's watching that nobody's going to bother us, right? The teacher, he instructs or teaches the believers in church. These gifts are not titles, again, they are functions. They're things that we do. A person does not become a prophet by being given the name prophet. Rather, he becomes a prophet as he develops his God-given abilities or or the gift. Now, the purpose of these ministries is very clear. If we look at verses 12 and 13 of the same chapter, it says their responsibility. Whose responsibility? Well, those five people. The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher—what is our responsibility? Is to equip God's people. You, all of us, right? We're supposed to equip you, give you, and, and uh, andale, andale, hurry up, and, and you know, motivate you, and come on, you that's what we're supposed to do: encourage you, motivate you, and you can do it. Yeah, oh, you gave the first step. Ah, yeah, because we're all what? When we're first born, we're little what babies. And we're supposed to encourage you. you, you, you yay, he, stando, he stood up. Yeah. What, right? You all get excited, right, sisters? When you see your littleborns, they're starting to walk. And, ah, that's so exciting. Once they run, walk, they start running. You can't stop them, right? And you're saying, oh, my gosh, what did I do? But our responsibility is to equip, it says, God's people to do his work. Whose work? God's work. So you're working not for the pastor. You're not working for the teacher. You're not working for the apostle. You're working for whom? For God. To do his work and build up the church. I don't see too much of building right now, right? (laughs) But that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to build up the church. Bring in as many as we can and, and get them from wherever we can, right? And it says the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity. Ah, That's how we can build our church up. We all have to be on the same page. And we have to be unified. Right? In our what? It says in our faith that we believe in what? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it says, and the knowledge of God. So guess what you're receiving tonight? The knowledge of God. You all need to be on the same page as I am. And I have to be on the same page as you are. And that will bring us unified, unity. It says, it says so that we will be m- mature in the Lord. See, you're taking the first steps, and we're supposed to encourage you, and you're going to grow up, and you don't need titi anymore, right? You don't need uh, to suck your thumb anymore, right? You're going to what? throw the bottle. I don't want to. They're going to be watching me, mother. Okay, right? You don't want the, the bottle, bottle anymore. You want what? You want solids. You want to eat. It says measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. That's His standard, not mine. Okay. So these gifts are, also do not belong to us, which we read in which we had read in First uh, Peter four four uh, ten. Uh, I'm not going to read it again, but that's where it says it. They're not ours. It said these are people, church members who are gifted to equip the rest of the body, like I already said. Now, let's go to the third one because we're running out of time, is the motivational gifts. Now, this one, all of us for sure have one. That's why I told you from the very beginning that all of us have a gift. Let's look at Romans chapter 12, verse 6 through 8. In His grace. What does grace mean? It says, in His grace. It means what? He gave us something. A gift that you did not deserve. You don't deserve gifts. But God still what? Gave us a gift. That's why it says, in his grace, God. Remember I told you the orange? (laughs) Maybe you can remember it. Manifestation is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gave it to us. Jesus gave us these, uh, the ministry gifts. And now God is giving us the motivational gifts. So it says God has given us different gifts for doing certain things. What? Is, is it up there? It says to say well. I don't know if that version is it the same one or am, according to his creation. Uh, no. I'm hmm. Okay, I'm not gonna say anything. But it says in my version, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Okay. And when I was growing up in the church, uh, pastors at that time would say, I like, ah. And, and, and I, would, I was not happy with, ah. I was like, it should be the best, right? And that's what the Bible really says, that we should be doing everything for the Lord as well as we can. When DJ sings, he's going to what? Do it the best that he can. When I'm going to be teaching, I'm going to be what? Doing the best that I can right? Everything that we do, we're going to do it well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. Verse 7, if your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach them well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, Take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Now, charisma is a Greek word here and is the same word used in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, for those that want to know. Now, because God has created us with a free will, we can choose to use our motivational gifts appropriately, like I told you from the very beginning, according to his plan, or we can choose to neglect his plan, Or sometimes people even abuse the gift. To be able to choose to use these gifts according to the will of God, it is important to have some understanding of what they are and how they function. So tonight, we will just touch on the seven gifts briefly by presenting the seven key words we have chosen to identify the various um, recipients. The first one that we had read was the perceiver. One who clearly perceives the will of God. I mean, this person can see it from a mile. You know, even, let's say, for example, if Pastor Soto would ask a member, what do you think about? And it's like, Pastor, I had already thought about that. I, I don't know, but, you know, God gave me that. You know, I, I already knew. But no, I'm glad we're doing it, Pastor. Right? That's a perceiver. He sees things way ahead of time. The server he, it's a person they love to serve, and they always are doing things. They can't sit still. They're, they're always, you might say, oh, he probably has ADHD. No, 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 that's what we're, we're talking about. We're just saying, they're always active, always active, always active, and they never stop moving. The teacher, one who loves to research and communicate truth. I like to read, guys, uh, and I love to, to, to learn. Okay, are they telling me that's it? Got to yeah. cut it? That's my cue? Okay, so the teacher is always researching. The exhorter is one who loves to e- encourage others to live a victorious life. These are extremely positive people. They're always positive. It's like, oh, don't you have a negative day? Don't you have a wet hair day, sister? No, I'm always there. And she's always glad. You know, Like, wow, all the time, right? Uh, a, um, a giver, one who loves to give their time. You know, all the time. Their talent, uh, their energy, and their means, or whatever they have to benefit others and to advance the gospel. Another word could be a contributor. You can't tell him, uh, could you help me? Because by the time you know it, he's already on the truck, ready to go. Let's go. I'm already, you know. Oh, okay. Okay, that's the giver. Administrator, one who loves to organize. Oh, my gosh. This is the person that said, you could have done it this way. Don't, didn't you think you could have done it this better? You know, or, They're already telling you right what to do. So they love to organize. They like, they like to lead you and, and to direct, direct you and tell you, uh, you should have done this. Other words, could be a facilitator. We use it sometimes, or a leader. And, and the seventh one is the compassion person. One who shows compassion, love, and care to those in need. Sometimes they're the ones that come... Uh, i think what you said was kind of harsh really yes you could have said may please may i you know may i or you could have said that not can you right they're always uh listening to the other's hearts the other people's heart uh now if we could put these gifts in context it is always important to look at any verses you plan to study in the context of the entire passage. And in this case, let's look at the first five verses of Romans chapter 12, okay? And I have my version, because I just saw it's my, the version I told him to put up here is not up there for some reason, but I'll read to you what I have and we'll make the connection. It says, verse one, it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies. What, What does it mean by your bodies? What did we say from the very beginning that Omar had taught us to love God with our what? Hearts, minds, soul, and strength. When it says your bodies, it means all your body. It doesn't mean, well, I'll just give him my my strength, but I won't give him my heart and my mind and my soul. Like, no, no, no. It has to be complete. Well, I'll give him my mind. I'll tell him to lead me, but oh, my heart is pulling me this way and No, 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 no. Your heart has to be connected to your mind, to your soul, and to your strength. Because we have, uh, especially teenagers, and I'm going to take this few moments to probably get mad, but sometimes they say, no, but I'm dating so-and-so, but is she a Christian? What my heart tells me is tugging me. No, you know what the Bible says, right? So your mind and your heart and your soul and your body have to be together, connected. Because if not, you're not what? It says, you're supposed to give your body, and that's what that all means. To God, because of all he has done for you. That's why we give all our body to him, because of what he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. What that means is, I don't want to give him my heart because I love that guy, and I know he's not a Christian, but he looks so handsome. And, oh, look at him. And it's like, no, no, no. No, no, no. A living sacrifice. I'm going to move away from that boy or that girl because I know I'm not supposed to do that. That's a living sacrifice. I'm going to sacrifice myself because I cannot go there. It says the kind he will find acceptable. When you do that, you did awesome, right? God is going to tell us that. Mm Mm-hmm. You stuck to your what? Your mind, your soul, your heart, and your strength. Give me a high five. This is truly the way to worship him. Also, if I just come to church and worship him, that's it. No, no, no. Even when you're out there, you need to worship him with your decisions. Right? It is only by our wholehearted dedication to God that our motivational gifts can be used as they were intended. Now verse 2. It says, don't copy the behavior, uh-uh, and the customs of this world. Do not look what Bachelorette or Bachelor is doing on TV. Mm-mm. Ah, eh, eh, no. Right? Or there's the Love Island, and I don't know what other ones that I think I've seen on TV. It says, don't copy them. huh. Ah. You're supposed to be a living sacrifice. Run away from those things. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform. That means what? Change you into a new person by changing the way you think. Oh, here's the mind, right? There's the mind. You might ask yourself, how do we do this? By the word of God. That's the way you're going to change your thinking. That's why you need to what? Read the Word of God. That's why you need to come to church. Those of us that are watching us, please come to church. (laughs) Because we need to study the Bible. If you don't study the Bible, you're going to go with that guy that had the real nice whatever, whatever, six-pack and whatever. Right, girls, ladies? I'm talking to mature people here. (laughs) Right? It becomes a living sacrifice. That's what we have to do. Personalize a revelation of God to each believer. He tells us this is what we need to do. Our minds need to be cleansed and renewed. And it says, then you will learn to know God's will for you. You know, that's why you won't come to pastor anymore and ask him, is this what the will of God is, pastor? You don't have to go to pastor to ask him. You can go to the Bible and read it and you will know, learn what? The knowledge and you will have faith. You're going to turn in oh, your whole body to Christ. And with that, you know you are what? Being acceptable to him. He's going to give you the high five and everything. And you, you're going to know what his will is. You don't need to be asking anybody. Which is, it says, which is good and pleasing and perfect. If you do what the Bible says, it says it is good Pleasing and perfect. Verse 3. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. This is Paul writing. Don't think you are better than you really are. You're not all it, okay? No. Don't look at, don't do those selfies. "Ah, I look beautiful. And then the mirror and combing and everything. No, come on. You're not that good. You're really not. That's that's the Bible says. Don't think you are better than you really are. So don't, what? That's the heart and the soul. Because in your heart you have feelings, right? Oh, they don't, they don't like me. Oh, Right? All these things. That's the heart and soul right there. Be honest in your evaluation of yourself. Don't think, if I do this, or I do that, or I do here, mm, I'm I'm better than anybody else. No, you're not. Right? What are we copying? What the world says. That's not what God says about us. I love it that you're here tonight. (laughs) It says, be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. God said, you are what? Miraculously made. You are complex, and I made you, and I gave you gifts, and I did all of this for you, and that's it. And you're supposed to what? Believe that. But what do we see? We see magazines. (gasps) Oh, I love that. Oh, 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 yes. uh, The way she did it, or the way he did it, the way he stands. No, no, no. And we're believing it. Unfortunately, even Christians. In this verse, we learn first that we are to have a right attitude about ourselves, the attitude that God has given us about ourselves. We should be grateful for what we have, all these gifts and what gifts God has given us. And we should receive him with humility rather than conceitedness. I th- Don't even say that, sister, father, or mother, right? I better go on. Verse 4. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function. When it says special function, it's talking about the strength. These verses. That's how we're supposed to love God. All of us have a special function. The the ear has a special function. The eye has a special function. The pinky has one. And even the little toe in your foot has a special function. It says, verse 5, so it is with Christ's body, we are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. I belong to DJ, DJ belongs to me, I belong to uh, uh, Duke, Pastor Duke, uh, Bacchus, he belongs to me, and we belong to each other. Mm-hmm. I know some of us sometimes don't teach us. So I'll just go in there, I'll sit in the very back in the corner, and that's it, and then I leave and nobody notices me, and, that's not, that's not the case. It shouldn't be that way, right? In these verses, we learn that we need to discern the various gifts in the body of Christ and work together in mutual interdependence. All of us have to depend on each other. I cannot sit here and say, or stand here and say, I don't need you. I need you. I need you and you and, and all of us. I need, I, I need all of you. And you need me, believe it or not. I know you might not like me, but you need me. (laughs) In this context that I'm talking about, we can see the importance of using our motivational gifts for the glory of God. That's what it's all about. Because this is the only way we can find fulfillment. You're always trying to find fulfillment by using God's gift and using it the way you're supposed to use it. These gifts are the motivating forces, the passions Omar talked about passions last week. That's what drives you. That's why they're called motivational gifts because it's going to push you. It forces you. That's the one that gets you up and going, right? Unless they are channeled properly, we cannot help but feel frustrated. That's why, oh, I don't know what to do. Oh, my God. Well, because you're not asking God, is this my gift and should I use it? How can I use it, Lord? Help me. But once we discover them, we will discover a tremendous potential for happiness. So I'm going to go ahead because I only have like 10 minutes. I said that all of these gifts that we talked about, they're all equal. That's why we should never think that you're better than somebody else, and we're not. Again, all of the motivational uh, gifts are equal. They are equal in the sight of God, especially. They are equal in the value in the body of Christ. No gift is higher than any other. Each gift contributes to the crucial functioning of the body of Christ. If only one gift is not in operation, then there's a void. So if you're not doing your part, we can't function properly in church. We can't. Can you walk without a leg, sisters and brothers? No, right? Can, can, well, you can probably right, work with, without an eye, right? Can I go and punch it out and see how it goes? Right? That's That's what we're doing to the body of Christ. We're not walking properly. We're not grabbing properly. We're not seeing properly with both ears, I mean, eyes and ears and everything else. And that's why I'm trying to encourage you that we need you. And we need each other. Whatever motivational gift you have been given is the best gift God could have given you for the working out of his purposes in your life and for the benefit of other people. There is a slogan that says, what we are is God's gift to us, right? God gave us a gift. That's why I am who I am. We, what we make of our lives is our gift to God. If I choose to do what I'm supposed to do, then I'm giving him his gift, right? I'm telling him, Lord, you gave me this. Therefore, I want to um, use the the gift that you've given me. It is true that God bestows some of the gifts more frequently than others. That's because more people are needed in certain functions in the church. There need to be more followers, for instance, than leaders. I think that you can agree with me on that, right? From the data, there's some data that was compiled for about 10 years over... uh, Uh, hundreds, and I think even millions of people. And I'm going to give you the percentage. Let's see if it goes up there. Hopefully they can put it, but not the percent yet, just the gifts. Uh, Did they show everything? Yes. Uh, I need to work on my skills, I guess. So we have all these gifts, right? We have the perceiver, we have the server, the teacher, the exhorter, the giver, administrator, and the compassion person. So which one is the one that has the highest percentage? The compassion why do you think out of all these gifts are there more people out there that are compassionate why the reason is because we need a lot of love right we need love in this world in the church and who's the one that has love it says god is what Love. And if God is in this church, there has to be what? Love. So we need a lot of people out here that are compassionate. That way, sometimes you even come in and you say, oh, I feel the presence of God. Well, because there's a lot of compassionate people here. <laughs> Actually. Those are the ones that are saying Oh, did you get hurt, honey? How can I help you? Right? The other one, ah, you know, He fell. Right? That's the non-compassionate. But 30% of those are. That means a great majority. 30%. If we're 100 tonight in here, 30 of you are very compassionate. That's what it's talking about. The rest of us, the other 70, fit into the other categories. Which are the other two categories that are closer? It is the server and who? The exhorter. Those are the 15, 16, 17%. The what? the, the server is always willing to move to serve, right? There's always people that always want to do work. For example, we have the cameraman. There's a lot of people. If you ask them, they'll do it. They'll say, yes, tell me. What what, what do you want me to do? The exhorter is the one that what? Not that tells you off. No, that's not the exhorter. It means the one that's going to encourage you. Oh, there you go. Oh, first step. Good. Congratulations. Oh, you got your, oh, you got, you got the job. Oh, I knew it. I was praying for you, right? We need a lot of encouragement in church, Which one's the smallest one in here? It's the teacher and the giver. The teacher, I'm going to say I'm a teacher. I've been a teacher, a public school teacher for some time. Actually, I've been in the education field for 35 years. So I've been there, done that, right? So in here, only six out of 100 people are teachers. And I'm one. One, let's see. Ah, I don't see a lot of them. There should be five other in here, five other teachers, right? And the giver, he or she, oh, there's, okay, Sister Patty. (laughs) She said she's a teacher, too. There should be at least those uh, six. There's six givers in here, too. Out of 100 people, there should be six people that are willing to give their, their shirt off their backs. Yes, sister, I'll be there for you. What do you want me to do? And, you know, they'll give, have change, have a nickel in here. They'll do everything. They love to give. Because they know that God is going to what? Bless them. All the what? Six only give. The other what? Ninety-four people don't want to give. And they pass the the plate. Nobody wants to give. You know, give offering. No, my money. That's what they think. Okay, some of you are getting mad. Okay, let me go on. That was not good. (laughs) we're going to go to the let me see if they they put something up there and then i'll finish with that because i already ran out of time the next slide there thank you we're going to just quickly look at this and then i'm going to give you uh i'll tell you what we're going to do next wednesday here's the gift right the perceiver the definition he declares or she declares the will of god she's going to say or he's going to say god has told me this pastor or has told me this, sister. It's the spiritual need. The Holy Spirit is going to move the perceiver, and, and because the Holy Spirit knows that you know what, brother Thomas needs some spiritual lifting, and he's and they're going to go to him and say, Pastor uh, Thomas, you know this is go- this and this and this. It's going to lift him up. Keeps us centered on spiritual principles. The server. He renders practical service, of course. He's always practical, practical, and so is she. Keeps the work of ministry moving, and, and they say, yes, let's do it, let's do it. The teacher researches and teaches the Bible. It's, it serves the, ment, the mental. Keeps us studying and learning all the time, right? The exhorter encourages personal progress. You know, it, it deals with the psychological part of the person. Keeps us applying spiritual truths all the time. The giver shares shares material assistance, material, keeps specific needs provided for. He always is willing to give, to donate. The administrator gives leadership and direction all the time. They're very functional. I mean, they they just see it like, you know, these are the ones that, uh, sometimes I enter house and, you know, they tell you, you should have put the shoelaces inside the shoes and then you put them in the closet and you put them, if you can't, put them in a box and then you organize it this way. And I used to throw mine under the, sh- under the bed, right? I just take them off, throw them under the bed. And then I got, I met my wife, my wife, and she said, no, they don't go there. Oh, where do they go? I didn't know they didn't go under the bed. No, they go in a box or you put the shoelaces inside and this is where you put them. I Oh, Okay. So I know she's an administrator. She always wants to what? Give me leadership and direction. Keeps us organized. It increases our vision. Okay? And then you have the compassion person. Provides personal emotional support. The emotional part of people. It keeps us in a right attitude all the time and a right relationship. Okay? And with that, I'm going to stop here. So, we're gonna be looking more at these gifts, okay? We're gonna be looking at these uh, uh, the perceiver, the server, the teacher, the exhorter, the giver, the administrator, and the compassion person. So, next Wednesday, and probably you've never heard this probably from the pulpit, but I'm gonna tell you bring your cell phones, Uh right? You never heard that. But I'm gonna tell you bring your cell phones next week, next Wednesday, because you're gonna be calculating. I'm gonna give you a form. We're going to go over some of these things, and you're going to say, oh, okay, yes, I, I do this, I do that, because I want you to what? Find or discover your gift, and then we're going to, if we have a chance, or an opportunity, we'll see how we're going to develop our gift. So you're going to need your what? Your cell phone. I will provide papers for you. You're going to what? Be tallying and adding and all of this, okay? So we're going to be doing a lot of that What is it for? The whole purpose is because we want all, I really would like all of us to know what your gift is. And you might have two, just like the percentages that were up there. You might fall into two gifts. And that way you know, hey, I have this gift. And then not only that, we're going to learn, no wonder I can't get along with my sister, right? She's always this, and she's always that. And and you're going to know why you, no wonder you can't, Talk to your boss, right? He's always mad and he's always, you know, whatever. And no wonder. And all of these things. And your spouse and your children. You're going to learn. And it'll help us guide our children in the what proper direction. Because sometimes as parents, we don't know. Oh know, Orlando, you know. Ay, que Dios lo guarde. Lo bueno. You know, they want to do all these things. And no, we want you to find out what your children's gifts are. That way you can What? Put them in the right direction. And God is going to bless them and bless you as well because you are helping them to lead a good spiritual and healthy gift. Okay. That he's giving... Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Join us next time for another uplifting message. If you'd like to support this ministry and the reaching out of others, you have the opportunity to give at rockofagesaog.org. Give.